This morning we're walking through some teaching that's entitled The Way Back. And I want to set this up today by reminding you about the Apostle Peter. One of the key central disciples, one of the, one of the twelve and one of the three that was in that inner circle closest to Jesus. Let me, let me sort of set this up before there's an understanding of why there's a way back needed. Let me remind you some things about Peter and who he is with Jesus. Peter was invited. He was called out by Jesus to come and be a disciple. So somewhere along the way, the Son of God looked at Peter and said, I choose you to be one of my followers. Leave your nets, leave the fisherman life and come and I'll make you a fisher of men. Come and be my disciple. Peter was part of this inner circle and he was included in these amazing moments with Jesus. And I don't know if you recall in the scriptures, there was a moment where Jesus went up on the mountain and we call it the mountain of transfiguration. And what happened up there is, is for just a brief moment, the father peeled back, peeled back the, the, the curtain on the glory of Jesus and his, his glory was revealed. And there was this incredible moment up on a mountaintop. And Peter was one of the few who was invited to that special significant moment. Peter's faith was lifted up as an example. And it was, it was kind of lauded as the kind of faith that all of us should have. Peter's faith is one that Jesus said he would build his faith on that church on build a church on that faith that he said you're no longer just going to be Peter just the name Peter but we want to give you the name Peter because it's the rock and on this rock we're going to build our church Peter was invited to walk on the water with Jesus have you guys pictured that that's just one of those amazing moments what that must have been like am I really walking on the water and we know the story he didn't walk for long uh, he doubted and he fell and he began to sink. But Jesus reached out an arm and lifted him up and met him out of his own doubt and pulled him back to safety. What an incredible story. Do you think Peter ever forgot that? Incredible moments with Jesus. Peter pledged to follow Jesus anywhere. And he said, listen, if no one else goes with you, I'll go with you even to death. I am all in. I am yours. Don't ever doubt it. Don't ever worry about me or wonder about me. I am with you. I am not going anywhere. And then Peter disowned even knowing Jesus. Three times. Certainly you were with him. No, I'm not one of his disciples. You're a Galilean. You're, 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 you're one of the guys who was with Jesus. No! And once more, after Jesus had been arrested in this unbelievable moment, Peter denied his Lord. Peter denied the glorious one. Peter denied the one who invited him on the journey to become a fisher of men. Peter denied the one who rescued him out of the depths of the water. Peter denied the Son of God. Can you imagine Peter's heart in that moment? How did that get I mean, as the words had left his mouth and Jesus had told him, remember when, when Peter pledged, I'll never leave you. I'm with you, dude. I am in, I am in, I am in. And Jesus said, look, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, like wheat, Peter. 
He's, he, he wants to see what you're really made of. But don't worry, I prayed for you. But Peter's like, no, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And Jesus said, listen, here's the truth. You're going you're gonna to deny even knowing me before the rooster crows. Peter denies him that third time and that rooster crows. And can you imagine the catch of breath at that moment? And Peter saying, how in the world did I get from this moment of leaving my nets? And we're going with Jesus this moment from the mountain of transfiguration, looking around like, oh my gosh, the glory of the Almighty is before me, and this is my Lord and Master, and I am His disciple. I am with Him. Oh, it can't ever get any better than this. The moment where He lifted Him up out of the waters after He walked and sank, Peter is thinking, how did I get here? When I'm thinking, I don't even know that guy. After that moment, Peter needed a way back. And a lot of us may have a common story with Peter. We may have grown up in the church and you were there every time the door opens, three times a week. Maybe you were like me. I'm pretty sure I was, I was born and then like three days later I was at some VBS or church or something. Yeah, it was just quick. Just, that was just the way it worked. And, and I grew up in youth group world and I was there on Wednesday nights and we had our Bible study and we did mission trips and camps and maybe you did too. And you were all in, all in and you had tears streaming down your cheeks at some moments and you were just sort of singing, you know, some of the same songs that we've been singing or songs from way back. And you were just like, yeah, I'm never going anywhere. Don't ever worry about me. I'm all in, I'm all in, I'm all in. And in recent years, or months or hours you found yourself a long way from your heartfelt devotion to the Son of God. And maybe you're having the same thought that catches your breath even now as it caught the breath of Peter. How did I get here? From where I was from what my life was all about, from what I was enjoying of the Lord, from, from where my genuine affection was for Jesus. How did I get over here? And maybe some of us in the room can relate that you've been walking in sin. You've been harboring secret habits and, and, and addictions, and you've been walking in a bunch of dark stuff. And that is not at all where your heart used to be with Jesus. And maybe a little, just a little bit, maybe not to the same degree, maybe, but just a little bit, you can also understand I kind of need a way back too. I don't know how I got over here, but somehow, somewhere along, I lost my way. And it's my privilege as a shepherd in the kingdom of God to look you in the eye this morning and say to you that you have not gone too far. That the grace of God is available to you today. You have not missed the opportunity for a way back with Jesus. What great news! What amazing news. And that's who we are as a people of hope. We are a people of hope. Not that we've got all of our junk together. Not that we are people of good behavior. Not that we always do everything right or have all of our, of our P's and Q's lined up. But our hope is in the grace of God. 
And the kindness of God, the undeserved kindness of God is ours because Jesus paid for it on the cross. God has never looked at any of us and said, oh, you've been sinful, darkly sinful. But I'll never mind, just wave it off. No, 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 it was paid for with the blood of the Son of God. Jesus died and he rose again and God conquered this sin that can get a grip on our lives. And so this morning, as we're going to look at, the, 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 at Peter, this, this inner circle disciple who was so close with Jesus, and then he was like, man, how did I get here? I lost my way. He was even denying Jesus. Maybe you could be encouraged today. If you need a way back, I want to talk to you about how Jesus is making a way back for all of us. Open your Bibles to the book of John. Chapter 21. If you didn't get a chance to bring a Bible with you today, there's going to be on the screen behind me. John chapter 21. It's the very last bit of the Gospel of John. This is this moment where we're going to get to see Jesus and Peter. After the denial, Jesus has then gone to the cross. He's been raised from the dead. He's appeared to the disciples. But Jesus and Peter haven't had a moment to talk about when the rooster crowed. They haven't yet had a moment to talk about the denials, the oh my goodness, how did I get myself here kind of moment. They haven't had a chance to talk about it. And, and it's beautiful. Verse 1, chapter 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going to go out to fish, Simon Peter told them. I don't know if Simon took them out to fish. And they actually just kind of joined in. He basically said, I'm going out to fish. I don't know if he went out to fish because he was hungry or if he was simply trying to distract himself from what was weighing heavy on his heart. Have you ever been in one of those moments? I'm just trying to stay busy so that I don't think about it. I've blown it. I've messed up. I'm just trying to find something to occupy my brain, occupy my time so that I don't think about where my life is. How in the world did I get here? I denied it. He said, I'm going to go out to fish. Simon Peter told them that, and they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. And early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them. So they must not have been too far away uh, for Jesus to, to kind of raise his voice there for them to hear him. Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Can you imagine just sort of the lackadaisical no? No. It was all night. No. No fish. Throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved... Now, when you read that in your Bible, that's John, the Gospel of John, writer John, referring to himself. That's one of the ways that he tries not to say I over and over again. So I did this. So the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Or maybe he said, it's the Lord. 
they're out from the from the shore. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped in the water. Oh my goodness. He just jumped in and started swimming for shore. And I have this picture in my mind that the water in the Sea of Galilee was, was camouflaging the stream of tears coming out of his eyes as he was swimming toward the one he had betrayed. They hadn't talked about it yet. And he so desperately needed a way back. So he just jumped. <laughs> he just jumped and went to Jesus. Swimming with all his might. And the other disciples followed in the boat. <laughs> they probably looked at him like, just let him go. It was working it out in the water. Swimming toward the shore. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals, and there were fish on it and some bread. <laughs> Jesus got his own fish, as he does, because he's God. And Jesus made breakfast for the guys. Now, make sure you have this sequence clear, this picture clear. John says, it's the Lord. And Peter doesn't wait, grabs his outer garment, and just dives into the water and swims in. Well, the guys have, the rest of the guys have to get this giant net. They couldn't even lift it because it was so full of fish. And they just begin to like, I, we'll, drop, we'll just kind of tow it into the shore. So they're 100 yards out, so they're, they're, they're coming. All this time, Peter's getting closer to the shore, and he gets to the shore, and he begins to go. Have you ever gotten in a pool with all your clothes on? Just begins to climb out of that, just like hard to walk. Everything's sticking to him. He's just a mass of snot and tears and water, and he's walking, he's just trying to look for anything in the eyes of Jesus that'll say, it's going to be okay. Anything he can just spot in the one he loves that says there could be a way back. So he's just probably just standing there looking at Jesus and not saying anything. But there's a lot being said, True. And the disciples come, and they find Jesus has made breakfast. So Jesus doesn't address Peter. <laughs> he says to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter, look what it says there. He climbs back into the boat, and he, and he drags the net ashore. And look, okay, you need some fish, you want some fish, I'm on it. He jumps into the boat, grabs the net. Begins to drag it to the shore. It was full of large fish. I love that John gives us the number. Look in your Bible. 153. It was full of large fish. That even with so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, Come and have some breakfast. And none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. 
Jesus came, took the bread, and he gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. And this was now the third time the Lord had appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had finished eating, oh my gosh, how long did that breakfast last for Peter? He's talking to the group. Peter's heart probably just pounded. He says to Peter, finally addresses Peter, Simon, son of John, do you, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. Yes. You know that I love you. I feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You see right through me right now. You know every depth of my regret right now. You know all things. And you know that even deeper than my regret is my love for you is what Peter is trying to say. You know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. So Jesus is talking about something that's going to come in Peter's future. Jesus was prophesying about Peter's future. When you're old, this is what will happen. You, when you, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. John gives us a little understanding here. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to Peter, follow me. In this amazing story, I hope you see the way back. The way back comes because Jesus initiated this. He's the one who invited. He's the one who created the moment. He's the one who opened the door and paved the way for him to come back. I want us to look at this today and see our own lives in this. Understand some of this a little bit more. I want to give you four things. Four things together. Let's look at them. Number one. Never say it couldn't happen to me. Never say it couldn't happen to me. Peter had made these great pledges. Let's, let's actually look at them. It's going to come up on your screen here uh, in a second. In the book of Luke in chapter 22, verse 31. Simon, Sidon, Satan, Satan has asked to sift you. And all of you like wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Now look at, the, look at that verse there. When you have turned back. Peter didn't really kind of hear that, did he? 
You're going to stumble. But there's going to be an opportunity to turn back. And I want to speak to everybody in here this morning who is a believer in the Son of God. If you have stumbled last month, last week, last night, there is a way back for you. And you can turn back. It's not too late. It doesn't matter if you've made a thousand promises to God that you would never do it again. It doesn't matter if you've made a hundred thousand promises. It's not too late for you to turn back. The grace of God, the kindness of God purchased for us on the cross is, is that you can turn back because Jesus made it possible. It's never too late. It's never, never, never. Jesus even says in the middle of this speech here, before Peter can make his own declaration and pledge, I'm ready to go, prison and death, bring it on, I'm all in. Jesus said, it's going to get rough. But when you turn back. Let's look at one other passage here in his denial, same book, Luke 22. Um, Actually, we'll just finish this one. I, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Uh, deny that you even know me. Jump over to, to verses 54 um, in your text here. Luke twenty-two fifty-four. 54. And seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a distance. And when some of there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and they had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. And a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. And she looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. And he said a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also with them. Man, I'm not, Peter replied. And about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Point number one is never say it couldn't happen to me. We were all vulnerable, true? We were all prone to wander. Anybody else or is it just me? It is easy to get into the grip of sin, to be lured by its pleasures and promises and the sparkle of earth and all of the the empty or wastes of time and attention that we can get ourselves in. It is so easy to get on this slippery slope of sin and find ourselves a long way from devotion to the Son of God. It's so easy to find ourselves, how did I get here? This is not who I want to be. This is not who I am. This is not how I've been living. Good news, there's a way back. But let's all be careful to make sure we understand It could happen to any of us. Peter threw himself into the sea when John pointed out that it was the Lord. He was so desperate to see Jesus to speak what he really couldn't even communicate after his denial. The deepest regrets, the most humble apology he could bring. Jesus had been right. Jesus had called it right. Peter wasn't up to the task. Maybe you're disappointed in yourself this morning. Like Peter was probably disappointed in himself. And the soaking wet fisherman on the shore of the Sea of Galilee was so, so very sorry. 
as he realized even he could find himself needing a way back. And there on the side of the Sea of Galilee, he has this thought, I don't know how, but I lost my way. And he just wanted to know, Jesus, after what I've done, Jesus, I know what I've done, but is there any way that you and I can be okay again? And what a beautiful, simple way to say it. It doesn't have to be theologically complicated. What, if you have been wandering from God, if you've been straying after sin, if you have found yourself losing your own way, just have that thought today to say, I realize somehow I've lost my way. But Jesus, can you and I be okay? I want to come back. I want to come back. It can happen to any of us. Number two, the second thing I want you to see this morning is that godly sorrow over sin is beautiful. Godly sorrow over sin is beautiful. Godly sorrow over sin is beautiful. When you have your own realization that what I've been doing has not just been harmless or small or not that big of a deal but it has been defiant to the word of God. It has been rebellious against God. It has been a long way from trusting and living and walking with God as his disciple. When you realize that and you have that moment, that godly sorrow that wells up in you is a beautiful thing because that becomes regret that leads to repentance. Regret that leads to repentance is beautiful beautiful. Oh, I hate that I made that choice. I hate that I bought the lie of the temptation. I hate that I became under the grip of that sin. I hate that I compromised in that way. I hate that I've just strayed from you, Jesus. I used to read your word all the time and the the pages used to be a little heavy in my Bible from all the highlighting and and I I used to spend time with you and I used to sing to you and I used to, to just want to walk and talk to you and how did I get here? sorrow that comes up about the relationship it's a beautiful thing so if you're sitting here this morning and a sense of conviction has come over your heart about your own life and with Jesus that's from the Holy Spirit not from a preacher and if that sorrow is in your heart over sin it's beautiful in an act of faith and humility, even right where you sit, for you to take a moment to just say, God, I'm sorry. And I want to come back. I want us to be okay. I don't know how I got there, but I don't want to live there anymore. I don't know how I got there, but I don't want to live there anymore. Godly sorrow over sin is absolutely beautiful. It's different from guilt. It's different from shame. Shame is when, when the enemy and the dark whispers beat you up about your flaws and failures. That's not God. God is calling you to life, not condemning you. 
Jesus endured the punishment for sin. And God never heaps guilt upon your head when you sin. It is called conviction. And that's when you realize it's not right. It's not the way I need to live. And so I need to change my ways. Godly sorrow. Regret that leads to repentance. So the first one is, never say it couldn't happen to me. The second one is, godly sorrow over sin is beautiful. Here's the third one I want us to kind of lean into this morning. If you believe in Jesus, it is not necessary to work off your sin. If you believe in Jesus, it is not necessary to try to work off your sin. You remember in the text here, we just saw this. Jesus said, bring me some of the fish um, that you have just caught. And there was Peter dripping wet, longing for that relationship to be repaired, still hardly believing that it even happened, that he denied Jesus three times. And Jesus goes, I would like some fish. And Peter's like, I want to do something for you. I want to try to do something so that we can be okay. And so he jumps back into the boat, the Bible says, and he begins to drag the net ashore by himself. And the guys get in there and help. Simon jumped in. He rushed, eager to do some act to impress Jesus and somehow cancel out his sin and work off his sinful deeds. Because Jesus paid it all in full on the cross, you do not owe God anything for your sin. If you believe in Jesus, if you've had the work of Jesus applied to your heart, if you've been made new and justified and been made righteous by faith. If you've believed in Jesus, if you've become his disciple and followed him and asked God to forgive your sins and live your life as, as a disciple of Jesus, if that's you, then when you sin, you don't have to work off that sin. It's already been paid for. It's already been paid for. So just bring your godly sorrow and just change your ways. I don't know how I got here, but I don't want to live here anymore. Just do that. Just come have breakfast with Jesus. Just come sit down. You're still in the relationship. Let me see if I can be as crystal clear as I possibly can here. You did nothing to earn the relationship with Jesus. You cannot do anything to lose a relationship with Jesus. You did nothing to earn it. You can do nothing to lose it. There are moments where God, as our Father, will discipline us as children. You better believe it. Because He refuses to let us grow up to be spiritual brats. But there will never be a moment where God says... You and I are no more. See, the Bible says that when you are, when you believe in Jesus and you become a Christian, your sins are forgiven, you're adopted into his family as a, as a child of God, you've been pronounced righteous, you're justified, 
it's a, it's like a legal term. You're you're pronounced righteous and clean. That the word righteous means acceptable to God. It also in that moment you are filled with God's Holy Spirit and sealed up for eternity. When God looks at you, He does not see inconsistency. When God looks at you, if you believe in Jesus. When God looks at you, he does not see all of your failures. When God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. How in the world is that even possible? Because of the grace of God. And here is this soaking wet, regretful fisherman swimming onto the shore, right knee deep into the grace of God. He's going to find out I don't have to give a speech. He's going to find out I don't have to work it off. He's going to find out that, that Jesus still loves him and is so eager to restore him. And that what he thinks is ruined is not ruined. The cost of your sin has been paid for. So please do not live as if a debt remains. Do not live as if you owe God anything. A debt does not remain. And if it did, you could not pay it or repay it. That's really good news that no debt remains for our sins. Because you and I could never pay it. For it is by grace, Ephesians 2 says, that you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God. We do not work for our salvation. We receive our salvation. So if you find yourself this morning needing a way back, it's great. The way back is there. Jesus made it. And you don't have to work at it trying to do some good deeds to cancel out, cancel out the bad deeds. Look, Jesus, I'm going to church this morning. Look, Jesus, I'm going to put something in the giving basket. Look, Jesus, I held the door for a nice old lady as she was coming out. I'm not all bad. <laughs> we cannot work off our deeds. Because they've already been paid for. Is that good news? Number four, last one. This is a little bit longer. I'll say it a few times. So understanding Peter, understanding this moment, understanding this way back experience here. Grace enables people with a past to enjoy God in the present and serve God in the future. Grace enables people with a past to enjoy God in the present and to serve God in the future. Grace enables people with a past. Anybody else got a past in the room? Grace enables people with a past to enjoy God in the present. Peter kept his distance. Peter was wondering and looking, is, is there any way we can be okay? You and I don't have to wonder that. Grace enables people with a past to enjoy God in the present and to serve God in the future. I love here in this moment where 
Peter was desperate for a way back. And Jesus asked him three times if he loved him. One time for each denial. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus was saying to Peter, Yes, I can see you. Yes, I do know all things. We're okay. You denied me three times. I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell me that you love me out loud three times. Jesus gives this opportunity, this way back for Peter to enjoy God. I'm certain that Peter wanted to give a speech. I'm certain that Peter wanted to sort of blurt out, you're asking me if I love you, but the bigger question is, do you still love me? And the answer is in verse 19. Look in your text with me. Verse 19, just Jesus says to him, follow me. It's not done with you, Peter. It's not over, Peter. We're still together, Peter. You're still on a mind, Peter. Come on, let's go. Let's move on from this. The way back is here. You've come back. Now let's go forward. You've come back. Now let's go forward. That's why I wanted us to see and savor this truth this morning. That the grace of God enables people with the past to not only enjoy Him today in the present, but also to serve Him in the future. And Jesus told him, this is the kind of death that you're going to go through um, to glorify me at some point. Come on and follow me. We're not done. And I would say to you today, if you had been walking with Jesus and you've strayed and you've wandered and you've compromised and you've dabbled and you're not sure how you got there and you're not sure what happened, but somehow you lost your way and now you've got godly sorrow and you've turned and you don't want to live there anymore and you're coming back with Jesus and you're walking this way, then come with confidence and come with joy because Jesus paid for it all and God can use you. Not only does God forgive you, but God can use you. We're going to talk about Peter. Peter went on to become the central figure of leadership in the new church. Peter came on, you read the book of Acts, and the way that God used him in his preaching and in his leading and the miracles that even happened through Peter's ministry. Oh, you better believe that if you have a past of compromise, that God can use you. God's not finished with you yet. So go from this place, enjoying the grace of God and forgiveness for your sinfulness and go and tell the story of the grace of God. I got so far from him. But he had made a way back for me. I got so far from him that he still loves me. I got so far from him and I didn't have to work it off or make a speech. I got so far from him and he made breakfast. And I jumped into the water and swam with all my might. Because I was heartbroken. He spilled his blood to make all of my working that off absolutely unnecessary. Jesus Christ died for your sins and he is alive today. 
And if you will believe in him as your Lord and Savior, you can have a relationship with him that you can never lose. And you can enjoy his grace right now. And enjoy him right now. And you can have the hope that God can use a compromiser like you. That God can use a rebel like you. That God can use a sinner like you. I am living proof that I stand here before you today because just like you, I have been a sinful person in my life. I am a sinful man just like you're a sinful man or a sinful woman. And all of us are walking stories of the grace of God. True? And even though I wander, his arms are still wide open. If you're a Christian with a past, God still loves you and wants to use you, and it is not too late. Turn back to Him today. And if you came into this building this morning not being a Christian, never having believed in Jesus, then I'm encouraging you and I'm calling out to you to see Jesus as this one who loves you and is willing to forgive you. And he died for you. He, he took the punishment that you deserve for your sin. And then he, he rose from the grave again. He, he conquered death and hell and sin forever for you and for me. Believe in Jesus today. Become his disciple today. I want to follow him. If that's who God is, he's a God of love, and I don't have to earn, I just have to receive the gift of grace, then I want to follow him. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, follow Jesus today. Because every single one of us has rebelled against God. But God loves you so much, he made a way. When Jesus said to Peter, follow me, all of this was looking forward. Can you imagine when their eyes locked in that moment? All that had passed between them before then, beforehand. All of Peter's like, oh my gosh, are we going to be okay? Yes, you know that I love you. Why are you asking me if I love you? Do you still love me? All those things. And when Jesus said, follow me, Peter knew, I don't need to walk under this cloud of guilt and shame and regret from my past. I just need to stand tall in the grace of my Savior, and I need to walk. So I'm inviting you today, if you have a past, whether it was last year, last month, or last night, if you're walking back with the Lord, then you stand up tall in the grace of God. You stand up tall. Because you're not on probation with Jesus. You're not in the doghouse with Jesus. You don't have to ride the bench for a while with Jesus. He made a way with his blood. And this morning, he sent me to remind you through the story of a soaking wet fisherman. That if you've wandered, you don't have to live there. And the arms are wide open. Let's pray. Where you sit, where you bow your head and close.